I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to this week's installment of Sick Boy Podcast. Going to be a little bit different this week. Um, This week's episode was the first of four conversations that we ended up having in Toronto. Um, but this episode... This in, this one in particular, in particular. Is, is extra special because we it was the first time we recorded in somebody's house. And, and it was such a lovely and crazy, crazy informative conversation that we didn't really want to cut anything from it. So this is going to be the first two-part episode that we release. So you this are about part, to sit down and listen to part one. Part one is coming out today, and then next week, next Monday, will be part two. So That's right. So check out this one. Enjoy it. And uh, oh, by the way, Christmas this week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, we've got a little Christmas jingle to throw us into this episode, and it's been done by our, our buddies um, in the band called Take Part. They're also the guys who wrote our theme song. So if you like their shit, Check, like them out, check them out on Bandcamp. Uh, head over to takepartinthis.bandcamp.com. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. Today's guest is Azura Goodman. She had anorexia and bulimia. Let's talk about it. So, uh, are you going to transform? I, I'll, I wouldn't say it's no. It's going to get real weird, I guess. Do you want to 
you? If I could have a, yeah. a, a black one, that would be amazing. So this is, the, this is the first time we recorded a podcast in someone else's house. It is. And it's fucking delightful. Yeah, let me, let me just really. say that. Welcome to the junction. Yeah. So, so uh, Azura invited us into her beautiful home. We're currently sitting around her uh, your dining room table. Paint a picture for us. Yeah, I am. I'm going to do that. Uh, tall cans of beer. Mm. As soon as we got here, some talk about Chinese food, and it's now coming. your girlfriend is making us like super delicious espresso. Maybe uh, I'll Nespresso. have a coffee as well. <laughs> to, to or I don't want to create more work, but I know. Me, I feel like I, I want to get up and help. I know. No. Uh, but we're working. But we're working. We're, we're recording. Yes. And this is the, uh, I don't know what what, uh, what, order. what order this will come out, but this is the last podcast, that, this is the last episode that we're recording in our, on, our, on our adventure to Toronto. Yeah, our Toronto tour, we'll, we'll put it. Uh, Azura. Hi. What's up? I'm feeling good. Yeah. Thanks for having us in your beautiful home. Thanks for coming. With your cute We pets. love having people over. And your, your very, uh, very kind girlfriend. Yes. My kind, um, beautiful girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, so, why don't you? Did you want to? Did you want to wait until she was done, like fixing no, up? No, no, you Let's sure? Just, yeah, that's fine. Let's fucking dive in. Yeah. All right, sweet. Um, I'm super stoked. I don't, I don't even. I don't. Honestly, I don't know why we're here. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm really well, excited. Like, I mean, about it. I'm I've gonna heard... die in about a week. No. Oh, oh, yeah. no. What do you have? Just kidding. You could. You might. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really bad at crossing I'm, the street. I actually might. I'm so sorry to hear that. I just That's been a good not what's happening. It's a possibility no, 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 for no. us all. I, we're setting everyone up for failure. Yeah. What a meta thing to say. Uh, well, I'm really excited about this because this the is this is something that meta. we've had. We've actually had this topic requested <clears throat> a number of times now through people that have reached out to us about the show. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us what it is we're going to be talking about? So we're going to be talking about anorexia and bulimia, um, which I struggled with for 10 plus years. A good chunk oh, of time. Wow. So a good, I'm 29, so that's a good deal of my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I know it quite intimately in all of its forms because it's a transformative disorder that, uh, so I, that's why I've, I've had times where I've been anorexic, I've had times where I've been bulimic, and I've had times where I've been anorexic and the, with the subtype, like, binge purge. So I was looking at the DSM-5 to, like, make sure I was, like, getting this straight. And, and what, is I've, like, the, sorry, what is that? DSM-5? So that's the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. It's, like, the Bible for psychiatry and diagnosis. Oh, so wow, like, cool. all the criteria is listed. Before. It's Fascinating. To, if you start reading it, you're going to be like, I have that, I have that, I have that. <laughs> so let's, it's like a hypochondriac. Uh, I want to ask something yeah, right. Before we go any further, you, uh, why don't you tell everybody what you do? Because you, you work in the medical profession, right? Yeah, you're- I'm a nurse, and I'm, I'm happy to have listened to multiple podcasts. There have been so many nurses on, so I hope I, like, yeah. they've been great guests, so I hope I can live up to has it. There, has there been anything that we've said that you're like, mm, no, that's not really true um you know that shit's coming out of my mouth no, for sure no no and it, i think you guys are inquisitive and like and grounded in your knowledge or lack of knowledge or whatever in <laughs> yeah. those moments so it's yeah. like no no so uh you mentioned you mentioned uh that anorexia and bulimia is a transformative disease what does that mean so if i think about when i first started having issues with this um which arguably could have been like 
since I was a really little kid, but when I can actually kind of pinpoint it, I was just restricting. I was just like eating very, very little. Um, uh, and then it kind of transformed into eating very little, but you have this like survival mechanism in your body that shouts out and you like have to eat, like something just takes yeah. over to keep you alive. So you eat um, and you can't deal with the anxiety of having eat, eaten. You have so much shame. You feel like you failed yourself. And so you purge it. But then the rest of the time, you're restricting, you're underweight, often you don't have your period. I like lost my period for a period of time. Holy oh, shit. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, man, this is so crazy. Like, there's so many questions I have about this because I know that there's all these... I don't know... There's so much that I don't know. There's so much that I know that I don't know about eating disorders. Yeah. And I want to know so bad. But it's one of those things that, like, oh, my God, it's so racked with stigma. And totally. it's so hard to talk about. Yeah. No kidding. So I'm really stoked that you reached out. Yeah. I, what I'm really curious to know is why did you reach out? Because, like, I, I'm, I'm assuming, is this something that's easy for you to, just, to like, openly talk about? Or? Well, in this kind of, like, context, absolutely. And I'm totally fine with sharing you know, my story with yeah. people, if it's helpful, if it comes up naturally, if it's relevant, I'll bring it up. I won't like dominate a conversation by it. I won't <clears throat> go deep down into it. Um, but I don't bring it up myself because there's so many layers to it. It's like a constellation of things in your life that make this thing happen. And, and it's not for people's like lack of knowing or like, because they're ignorant, but a lot of people, and maybe it's just my fear, I think attribute it to vanity Right. Um, and I'm like, I'm still a pretty self-conscious person and I don't want people to think that I had 10 years of my life dominated by a life-threatening illness because I was vain or because I wanted to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause so it's it, so much more than that. It is. I mean, it, it has aspects of that for sure. Um, but it's not solely that, right? No. And it's, it, I mean, it might even start off as that or like a crazy diet, but if, yeah. if you're susceptible to this type of thing, it just it just takes on a different life, um, and what you what you feel from it, what you get from it. Um, doorbell, doorbell. doorbell. That's our Chinese food. Yeah, yeah. Chinese food is here. I I have Not a restricting um, Chinese food. Yeah, ram that shit. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with Texas. This is great. Um, I have a question that yeah. I, that just came up today when I was I was just chatting with someone about about this about having this conversation yeah. tonight. Um, Actually, it might have been Jenna. I think it was. And um, we, I was thinking to myself, is this, and you mentioned the site, the, was the DSM is the, what's it stand for again? The Diagnostic Statistical Manual or Statistic Manual. And you mentioned psychiatrists. Is, is, are these classified as mental illnesses? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know I that. Think I think since I either, the late yeah. 70s, or at least it started to be written about, but I feel like it was... The late 70s. Yeah. I think because of the physical nature, I I mean, sorry, when I think about bulimia and I think about purging, I think about that being like a physical thing. I, I, I just subconsciously go physical. Yeah. But, but then the mental, yeah, I just wanted to clear that so that I know that right off the bat as like a foundation for the entire conversation that we're talking about a mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what's interesting and what I've definitely come to learn with like listening to other people and just growing, like just listening to people's stories over time is I kind of just align it with any type of addiction. I, at that point in my life when I was young, I wasn't drinking. I had had someone close to me who was experimenting with a lot of drugs and it caused the family a lot of stress. Mm. So I knew that wasn't an avenue I wanted to take. 
Um, and I just found my thing. I just like found the thing that let me feel like I could escape or feel what, whatever it did for me. I found it, but I really, I think it's like an addiction. And I think I, I re- recovered in kind of an, a way that like an addict would recover. And right. I think it, it's as, right. it's as like challenging as for me, like being addicted to, I don't know, like heroin or cigarettes or whatever. Like I, I wanted to, I wanted to get better every day for those yeah. Yeah. many years, I we- guess since I was like 14 and I'm 29. So that's, a long time. Um, can we go? So I would love to just know. I would love to get like a, a bit of a rundown on the on on the story behind it. So like the sort of okay. chronological. How did it begin? Sure. Yeah. And and how did it start to um, evolve from from the beginning? Okay. So just to set um, up some history, I around like grade three or four just started getting like. A little like chubbier, and then like I would, and then when I went through puberty or whatever, just got chubbier and felt really shitty about myself, um, and so so that was part of it, right? Was, that, so, was it just yourself saying that, or were you? Being yeah, no, I've or? I've had a lot of issues with self hate since I was actually talking to a friend about this today, but I remember being in junior kindergarten, I was four, and drawing a heart and doing it bad and thinking. I remember having this thought like so clearly, like. I'm stupid. Like I'm a stupid person. I can't even draw oh, a heart. God. And it wasn't even oh, hard. No. My friend had drew, drawn these like rock and roll hearts that were like sharp and yeah. I like couldn't do it. And I was like, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. So I've always had these like really, really deep seated issues with self-esteem for whatever reason and okay. frustration with my own like brain and, and, and you don't know where that stems from. I have no idea no, yeah, because yeah. to be perfectly honest, I have the most kick-ass goddamn parents. Yeah. I can't even tell you. So yeah. That's why, like, another thing is, like, there are so many people who have eating disorders who've um, had sexual trauma, like, yeah. really intense trauma, and I haven't. So I've always been, like, where the hell did this stem for, from? But anyway, so that's some history. Um, but I do remember quite vividly in the summer going into grade 11, looking at my friend and being, like, I'm sick of feeling chunky. At the time, like, my friends jokingly would call me like ghetto booty. And I thought like back then asses weren't as cool as they are now, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like I thought it was so bad. Wait, was... what year was this? Cause baby got back was oh, like probably <laughs> out that lie. year. And I went to a pretty sure... waspy school oh, and it was oh, like oh, baby oh, got mind. tight, yeah, tiny, yeah. like ass, <laughs> like a sporty ass. There was a different I mean? version of that like song being played at your school. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't it in the start of that video? Uh, there's like a couple oh, white guys. Oh my God. No, it's, the two white girls. The two like, white girls. Becky, yeah, look right. at her butt. Yeah. So you were that girl. So those are all the girls. That was school. you. And I was oh. like, yeah. I was just the one oh with like God. the weird name, and like I was always just a little weird. Anyways, so grade going into grade eleven, and I told my friend like I'm sick of it. I'm actually gonna like do something about this. Take a picture of me front and back. I want to like see the transformation, and I like I really remember that moment. And then I just started restricting. Like I remember. I didn't know anything at that point about like dieting or calories, which I know way too much about now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember like a lot of it's murky too, because when you do have an eating disorder, it really affects your brain. So yeah. I'm kind of like blessed in the sense that it's not all with me, but I remember just eating only peaches, only peaches and like, and, and other like that, that that's a common thing with people with eating disorders too they can become really comfortable with just certain foods um they're like they're safe foods they don't cause you any anxiety it's a, a lot of it's wrapped up with anxiety mm-hmm. um oh, i never i never knew that that's fascinating yeah and so um and to be perfectly honest there are still things that cause me anxiety um like cheese 
Um, but I like you force myself to eat cheese because of Whoa, that. Oh, you have a hard time fucking with cheese. Well, like it's like <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, little bud. it's like the oh, last thing. Uh, it's like, dog, it's sorry. like, but I still, like, I'm still working on stuff. All, all, yeah. Um, but so I'm going into, do you, wait, uh, that, sorry. Do you, do you love the taste of it though? It's so good. Hey, okay. Okay. So Mandy exactly. introduced like, oh, me I'm to Beamster. I don't know if anyone's it. had Beamster cheese, but it's no. like, oh, so I, oh, I, I like cheese. I know people who don't know much about nutrition and they think like, oh, cheese is a part of the dairy food group. So it's good for you. So I can eat all the cheese I want. Is it because you, you understand nutrition and I guess you understand that it's maybe not so good for you that I just see it as calorically dense. Right. So if, but if you didn't, so if you didn't, yeah. So if you didn't know that, then you would probably be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And also my dad's a physician. And once he was like, if I need my patients to lose weight, I just tell them cut out cheese and it always works. Right. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so back to going to grade 11, weight just started coming off. Okay, also keep in mind, I'd never had a boyfriend. I'd never had, like, any male attention or anything. I go back to school. Um, I remember I was even, like, trying out for sports and not eating and stuff, which is, like, it just pains me to think of me at that time, being yeah. so so tired and fainty and, and stuff. Um, but I started feeling really good about myself, which was a new feeling for me ever in my life. This is when the weight started dropping. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, holy shit. And I wish I was, like, it was just in my head. But people started treating me differently. Everyone. Uh-huh. Everyone. And, and it, were they acknowledging the weight loss? No, I think or people just, are nicer just... to like, I, I think like, like looking back, um, you know, I peaked in high school. I was like quite babely. And I was like, I, I was just like coming into that and like drop, like I just dropped my weight. I got more wrapped up in like appearance and kind of creating a package and almost like curating my personality too. Cause I was, I've always been really outspoken and I've yeah. been known as like a whistleblower and I don't put up with shit. I don't put it up with, like, I don't suffer fools. Um, and then I, I remember this guy in grade like 11 or going into grade 12, maybe at this point being like, you're so nice now. Like, I like you so much more now. And cause I'd started Whoa. to, my personality as my eating disorder grew and grew and grew my personality and my interests and like my, my connections to like who I am and what I'm interested in just began to like shed off. Um, and so, so the external world was giving me like some positive reinforcement for this. Right. Right. So I was like, okay, like it's working. Almost permission. Like almost yeah. like kind of just. Yeah. Like I was like, I was right. Like, yeah, it's, there you yeah. go. Yeah, which is like, doing it. which keep is doing it. It's blowing me away from the standpoint of like males and females in a high school setting where like a, a, a woman, a woman who's like speaking out and being like strong and confident. As soon as she starts to like, like pacify herself, guys are like, Oh, nice. Per, like, yeah. oh, sweet, awesome. She's not a. She's not as like out there and like in your face as like she once was. And I feel like because for a guy, that's like that's what they want to do in order to be attractive to women is like to be like, hey, like I'm out here. I'm 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 outspoken and I do this. Dude, it's so funny to think about us in high school and junior high oh, and be God. like, God, if I could go back and just. Punch myself I in the know. I want to invent you know? every club and get funding. Like you could yeah. just have a club. Like yeah, I want to go back yeah. and be like, this is the like. I don't even know what club. Like this yeah, is the like going to the convenience store what club, club. Yeah. like or whatever. Yeah. Like, I want like, to redo high school so bad. This is driving yeah. me crazy that that's a thing. Like that's 
a subconscious mentality. I don't know if it applies to everyone. Like this could just no, be it doesn't apply. Guy. To every, there are some amazing school, guys. Out it applies there. to every yeah, high no, school. Totally, it yeah. applies to every yeah, high school. High, yeah, because yeah, high school and especially junior high, there's such this the whole like social status, like and navigating those waters is such a fucking weird thing. Yeah, like, when you hear. The other day, Radio Lab, like, or or was it This American Life? This American Life. Those like yeah, those young update. girls, like, doing status updates and like uh, Instagram. And if she doesn't like my photo in ten minutes, then we're yeah, not friends anymore. Yeah, it's just like anymore. it's so crazy to look at that and go, oh my god, that's what it's like now because of because of social, social media, media. But which probably is applying even more outside yeah, pressure. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I think we're getting off track, but but anyway, high school is fucking weird. So they start. They start. <laughs> so, they, so they start treating weird. you and differently. Right at this point, I guess I don't know if it was like the middle of grade eleven or whatever. Um, I got my first boyfriend, which is like what I always. I just always wanted to like be liked by someone. I don't know if it was like a validating thing and just wanting to be sexual too. Yeah. Um, and so I was just getting all this data, so to speak, about like okay, like this works to so do this. Like, and at the same time I started becoming a lot more perfectionistic, um, which I, is common. I find it so interesting that you, you, you phrased it that way too. You're getting so much data because it, it just speaks to your character. Like it, it speaks to your intelligence that you were almost suppressing to play this role. Did you feel that way? Did you feel like I, like that you were almost Looking at yourself in third person, like, oh, oh yes, great, absolutely. my creation is becoming what I totally. And I've always be. been, um, and this, thank God, this stayed with me through my eating disorder and, and everything. But I've always been really into film, and I've always had this sense. And some people call it depersonalization. I don't know if what I had is necessarily goes that far, but I always like felt like I was watching my own life like through a lens, as though it mm-hmm. was a story or a narrative. So it was like, yeah, I was always pretty right. detached. And pretty, um, yeah, it's just having a lot of, like, control. And, like, that word keeps coming up in my head, like, curating. Like, some thoughts would pop up. And I'd be like, no, because I want to, you know, I, influence I send, this person this way or send yeah, this message or, yeah, like, what. Mm. And I also, yeah, anyways. So I became really perfectionistic. And um, I'd always been, like, an okay student. Um, and then I guess no around. okay student. Who couldn't draw hearts really well, but anyway, continue. And then right around when this started, I um, my grades went crazy, like crazy. Like I graduated high school with like a ninety-seven. Whoa! Um, and before I was like bees and whatever, but I mean, I it, I just started controlling every facet of my life. Probably why that high school relationship didn't work out too, because they were like a musician <laughs> who like had their own life. And I was like, don't (laughs) be in my weird anorexic paradise. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah. But like, do you, okay. So this is so, this is fucking so crazy. So do you, you think, do you attribute your success in high school, your, your, your like academic success to your anorexia? I don't know. Like, I think it may have supported it in a weird way. Um, For sure. I think by giving me that control and I think that just like losing a bit of weight and this is just at the start. So this really did fade fast in the grand scheme, but losing that bit of weight and getting that bit of attention and like validation um, as a person, I think just gave me like a boost. Like I can fucking do fucking anything. It's like, it was like I was taking Coke every day and my Coke was just like not eating. And did you, okay. So at the, at this point, 
grade 12 or whatever, like end of high school, were you at all aware in your head, like, I'm, I'm functioning with an eating disorder. I am actually functioning with anorexia. Or, yeah. or were like, was that word not even like a, a, a thing that you, you even considered? You know what I mean? Like, was, yes. was eating disorder like a, a, like a thing that you would just... Yeah, and I, I, have, some, I have some thoughts around this because um, I remember when I was nine... Reading. Oh, this is where the 1978, I have this 1978 date in my head about eating disorders being labeled at that time. But it's actually, I think, when a book came out, I think it was called The Best Little Girl in the World by Stephen Levincron. I read it when I was nine. And it was, he was one of the people who were like, he, I think he was a psychologist and he was working with young girls with eating disorders. You wrote a psych book at nine? <laughs> well, no, no, no. It wasn't a psych book. It was like a, a girl's story. It was just oh, okay. I was thinking the same thing. I just read like Sex at Dawn like, th- like this <laughs> month and I was like, wow, oh, this is the first. No, like, it was just like a. I feel like she was reading. like, I don't even know if this is right, but I feel like she was like a ballerina and then she got like, it was just all about her and her. Anyways, it was fascinating and so I started like and that's why people want to hear about eating disorders because it's like fucking weird and kind of fascinating and for some reason girls are really interested in it so but the thing is is because I read that and because I didn't have like a substance that I would go to in high school and I needed something to deal with the issues that I had I knew that I could have I could go to that I almost idolized the girl in the book because I was book, like a chubby yeah like I was you, like a you, chubby girl and I was like fuck man this girl has so much self control like I totally missed the message I was just like wow oh. so I'm and I kind of feel that way right now I feel like I'm missing and I know we haven't gotten there yet but like everything up until now just seems like this is like totally the problem free answer to all of your solutions well this but, is the thing and I think we and, and I think you, you kind of said it, we will get to that yeah. oh my god but there's so a, many there's a problems. whole world I don't I, wanna, I don't want to so, touch on that yet because there's, there's a whole world of like, of like glorifying totally I want to say I want to say it now because I want to I want to come back to this moment later and making but light like, of it in this yeah. in this moment and we and I think we should come back to this after we hear more of the story but like m- the question I want to ask you later is what are you going to say to this girl that's in this moment right now or this guy that's in this moment right now that is like holy shit this is the answer to amazing. everything yeah. that I ever needed but let's let's come back we're gonna, to that we're going to pause on that but trust yeah. me like yeah. it, it like the trajectory is down. Okay. Like, yes. It's not up right like, now. And, 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 I, and <laughs> usually I would wait to ask yeah. that question, but I want to bring that up now because if somebody <laughs> so only gets this far into the episode, I, like I have it written down. We yeah. are going to come back to that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I have a note here. What's so. your, uh, at this time, grade 11, high school, or you so say you graduated 97, you're doing really well, you're being, you're a perfectionist, and maybe that's attributed, you think that's attributed to anorexia. What's your physical... Like stature, like what's like. So at this time, I think I graduated after '97. I don't remember. I'm really bad with dates, but I feel like that seems like I was 11 at that time. Um, so add six years to that, I think. But at this time, so it was noticeable that I had like people had said, like, "Whoa!" Like some people said, and this is like the worst part. They're like, "Where did your ass go?" <laughs> yeah. There was that, um, and I think I was like probably around like 110. Okay. And just so you, like to give you a firm reference, I'm like 132 now. So yeah. just like like take 20 pounds off this. And I'm pretty slight. Like I'm not like a huge person. No, but like, you're you're, you're, but you're not short. You? How tall are you? Like I'm I'm like almost 5'8". Yeah. Almost. 
just not just quite. a shade yeah. under. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, because I'm like I'm kind of more small boned, and like like my bones are really pointy, like just on my chest. That wasn't like my lowest weight or anything. But people like I knew I knew people knew for sure. Like people yeah. said like oh like because girls are. I don't know. Sometimes girls like, and this isn't everyone, but some people definitely were like, "Oh, like you're so like skinny now." And it wasn't necessarily like a positive. It was kind of inquisitive. It was like the least supportive thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, and and what's funny and like I'm sure we'll hit on this is that like nobody named it. Nobody asked if I needed help for years, and it was. Really, like it was, it was pretty obvious, especially if you'd seen me before. And just, I'm sure my affect, like I'm sure I was flat the whole time. And uh, this might be pushing things a little too far forward, but you're what at this time, like 17, um, like around this, in like around grade this 11, 12, grade 11, 12, probably like I'm always fifth. I'm always like a year younger than everyone because my birthday's in November, so I was probably like 15 or 16. Okay, and when we met, you were like 19. 20, yeah, 1920. 1920, yeah, okay. Because So we went, we went to, uh, my first year of university was at Acadia in Wolfville mm-hmm. and taking theater, and you were in the same class as me. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. I, would, I wouldn't have known. Like, no. I would have had, I had no idea. And is that because I was totally, like, ignorant to the fact and not seeing, like, the, the warning signs or the warning signs, the, like, the obvious signs? Or is that because I didn't know, like, Azura that had the junk in her trunk. Junk in her trunk. Yeah. And uh, I mean, actually at that point, so I was a lot thinner in high school. The thing about eating disorders and especially people who suffer from bulimia is they're not necessarily restrictive all the time or they might be, but more often than not, they're a normal weight or a little bit above normal weight. So I was at that point. Yeah. I was more like kind of binging and purging at that point. So So I was a normal weight. So nobody would know unless people knew like, I'm going to look for broken blood vessels in her eyes. I'm going to like look to see if her salivary glands are swollen. Um, some people have like marks on their fingers because they're shoving them down their throat. I strangely like know how to work my stomach muscles in a way where I've never put anything down my throat. So there's not a lot of outward signs unless you're like a clinician or you have a strong personal interest in eating disorders. Sure. So up until the end of high school, you were, uh, you'd identify with anorexic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd then, say, I'd say I was anorexic with like the subtype of binging purging. So when I did eat, um, nourishing food that was calorically dense, I would purge it immediately. Uh, okay. let's just, let's just put a pause right Well, it looks like we just crossed 5 million podcasts in the world, so it is with some humility that I introduce mine, Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Once a week, we share heart-to-hearts with smart, good people like Brian Stevenson, Anna Quinlan, Father Greg Boyle, talking about how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, and how we might do both better. Kelly Corrigan Wonders is a podcast for people who like to laugh while they think and aren't afraid of feelings. Join us for Kelly Corrigan Wonders. For the people that don't know, what is anorexia? Like, what? Give me the Coles Notes version of anorexia. I'm trying to think. I don't. I wish I like. I wish I had written down the actual diagnosis. But in your own words, it's fine. In my yeah. own words, so it's um, you're generally like underweight for like for. I think BMI used to be like what they would use. You're like quite below your BMI. Um, often women lose their periods. That used to be a criteria for one of the criteria for diagnosis, but they just changed it. Um, you're, you have a lot of anxiety around eating 
food. Um, often you have behaviors that are these checking behaviors to soothe yourself. So you could like weigh yourself up to, let's say like 12 times a day or more. Um, I used to do this thing where I've always thought that I have like massive saddlebags. So I, (laughs) I would like, this is not funny at all, but it's stupid as fuck. So I used to just rub like where my saddlebags are all day. Just be like they're gone or they're here or whatever. So o- over. So I had to what work in therapy bags? for so yeah. long. Yeah. Like, There's something yes. so like Area. OCD uh-huh. it's like, about that. Oh, it's it's an obsessive disorder. Yeah. So anorexia especially is like with that perfectionistic stuff and like these repetitive things. And it's I don't know if you have this like kind of like just background anxiety all the time. So you do all these little things to kind of like soothe yourself, but they just feed into you having more anxiety and you need, yeah. This is so trippy because like for me, like the idea of anorexia, what, what I, you know, if someone goes, what's anorexia? I go, Oh, that's where you don't, where you like choose just not to eat. So it's actually, and that's as simple as I, that's as simple as I would say. And that's probably as simple as I would, I would ever try to delve into it. Cause I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, They just don't eat. Yeah. And I mean, my anorexia was different and I, I just realized I should clarify. So anorexia and anorexia nervosa, which is the eating disorder, like what we're talking about is anorexia nervosa. Anorexia, um, like doctors would say, like, this patient is anorexic if they're, like, not able to eat. Like, they might have um, another illness or whatever, or for whatever reason they're not eating, or they're they're older, they're not feeding themselves, they're anorexic because they're not taking food. At. Anorexia nervosa okay. is, like, the disorder. It's the disorder. So okay. it's, a, it's a medical term in like itself. You could have anorexia, but that's, just, not a, have an that's just a result disorder. from your... Alzheimer's or your acid reflux that doesn't allow you to actually even take the food in. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then bulimia. Oh, this is so interesting. Oh and then God. bulimia is when you're purging or, yeah. or... Yeah, and bulimia is when... So to be diagnosed with bulimia, I think you have to have... This is what it, it used to be. You have to have two, purge, two binge and purges a week for three months and you're bulimic. Like, Whoa, that's and so now specific. And now it's like... One, one binge and purge, and purge is not always puking, which is my um, method because I don't love exercise. Laxatives, laxatives, and yeah. exercise. Oh, Some exercise. people oh, exercise whoa, really? so much, and they just like yeah. they really ruin their joints. It's like ins- dude, it's so sad, I, man. Like working at a yoga studio, yeah, you see that a lot. Uh, I think, like you know, you see people that come in so constantly that you're like this. What else? Like, what's going on? There's you're, something going on. Like, because yeah. I know, because I know, as soon as you leave here, you're going to, you're going to, going to the gym, going, going or to cyclone, going to run, or, or wherever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you say it, you're like, sweet, that was a great class. Now I'm going to go uh, run 10k, and I'm going to go to cyclone, and, and then, then I'll I'm be gonna, back tonight. Yeah, and then I'll be back, I'll be back tonight, tonight for like, the for the for the level two class. And yeah. like, you're like super. Whoa. Cool. Have you heard of orthorexia? No. no. So orthorexia, and I, I don't actually know the diagnostic criteria, but or orthorexia is more around and I'm sorry if someone is orthorexic or if that's how you say it um, if this is wrong but I think it's like it's an eating disorder or like kind of like disorder that's wrapped around like being so into like being healthy to a fault like people who are like macrobiotic and working out like you know, like three times a day to the point where it's actually hurting them. Yeah. So it's like, and, and what's crazy is there's so many like food, I don't know, like, yeah, like a lot of macrobiotic eating works for some people and stuff like that, but some people just get 
like, like people who have like addictive personalities like myself get really like worked up in it. So that's, that's another uh, new diagnosis. So you might be seeing people who have that and they actually think they're really benefiting themselves. They're like, I am, I am exercising just like the article I read. Like I feel like people's health info comes from like pop culture. Yeah. And it comes from, like we were saying, from some of those places that are, a part of the of the reason why there's this culture of 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 looking a certain way and all this stuff like magazines like you see yeah. yoga journal uh, you know women's fitness men's fitness or men's health women's health TMZ like, yeah like or, or whatever <laughs> or any model uh, or any like you know Vogue whatever and you see but that even in social media unrealistic oh and because t- social media is Instagram, like the time. new form of a lot of that stuff yeah where and I was reading this article the other day about from a guy in new in maybe Toronto I hear and he was like talking about the culture of. Uh, yoga pictures on Instagram and and ha- like yoga studios using these like you know perfect models to uh per- perfect in quotations um to take these photos and to be the the face of their studio and how this is like it's just not this is just isn't, it's not realistic this isn't real you know yoga isn't about isn't about looking this this very put together way yeah. or doing this crazy thing that because you put in you know, ten thousand hours of practice in a short Did amount. Did you of see time. the the, mo- the book that uh, Moksha Winnipeg put out, and a lot of the Moksha students yeah. had? It's so beautiful. Yeah, they have all of the different Moksha poses. Uh, Moksha is a style of yoga, and so they have that they do the sequence. Each page is is someone doing a pose from the sequence, and it's people of like every race, uh, every gender. Every size and, and every level of yoga, and every level of yoga, and it's it's such a fucking beautiful thing. A- anyway, okay, so let, let's come back. Let's come back. So to, you, so you. I'm f- just wondering where the Chinese food went. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Like your girl's just down there, just, just smashing it down. <laughs> I, see oh, it's it. right here. I see it on the counter. She brought it up. Oh, it's right here. I see it. Oh, it's on the counter. Guys, we're about to get some. You can Sorry, go get it. Go get okay. it. No, no, no. no. We, like, it. Dude, we can take a little, like... Don't worry, my girl's got it. Hey, I want to eat it, too. She wants to eat it, too. <laughs> um, Thank you. I, I have a question um, that uh, some of these things, like, I, I remember being educated, you know, to the very, to, to the smallest degree on... He was just cuddled in my sweater for the longest okay. time. So I remember, finished. I remember being educated to a very, to a very small degree in maybe junior high about eating disorders, maybe in health class. I don't, I can't remember. But the one thing that the one that thing that too. sticks out in my head is the teacher going, "Someone who has an eating disorder is very small, and when they look at themselves in the mirror, they see someone who's fat." Yeah, I remember. I that remember too. that too. Yep. And that was the one that I was like, "Oh, okay, that's the thing that I remember." It's like the one bullet point that just stands yeah, out in my head. That's is that, fact. Is that's that, fact for okay. sure. From my experience. Is so, it, so as I like lost weight, I would like fixate on areas, and so it's called body dysmorphia. Yeah. Um, okay. We just had someone. I mean, we don't have to talk about that, but we just had someone fill out our form who has physical uh, dysmorphia disorder. Maybe or, that's that. Or personal that. Dysmor- dysmorphia. Yeah, yeah I'm, I actually don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But, uh, hopefully we'll get her on the show. But I we'll definitely, know. like, even though I, I was, like, so proud that I had lost this weight and whatever, like, it's never really enough. And you don't really fully appreciate it. So part of me was like, okay, like, I see this 
person in the mirror, like there's always like this logical part of you. And I, I feel like it's like the resilient, like one that like, you know, like you're like, I don't know, just the protective, like this little piece of you like sees like, I'm tiny, I'm tiny. But like most of your brain is like, yeah, not really though. Not like, enough. Yeah. Not enough. And like, and you really do kind of like inflate areas of yourself or if one thing is fixed, then it's just, you're focusing so much on another that it, it seems bigger. Yeah. And, and people who have so much like, let's say trauma or they're dealing with a lot of stuff, they'll like project these things onto their body and then they'll, they're, they'll see their body as bigger or bad is it, is it, and it'll be actually be like, they're dealing with something like me, like low self-esteem, thinking I'm stupid, whatever. Right. And I'll just put that on my body, and it's a way for me to like integrate that experience or deal with it. I'm not really sure. Like, I'll I don't know. Uh, in your experience, did you have did you have any kind of um, like like when you got stressed or when you got did you have any kind of like triggers that would intensify your your anorexia or intensify your bulimia? Yeah, for sure. Um, and one that really sticks out, and I, this even brings me back to Acadia for sure is like exams or um, I remember in high school I was in a musical. I was telling Mandy this the other day. I was in a, a musical and I was like really nervous because I had my, like I was like the first time I like had a bunch of solos and stuff. And I remember being so nervous and like, um, so I like, I felt, yeah, I don't know what was going on, but even like I was restricting and then I like binged a bunch and purged and then I, I binged again and I purged. I felt so bad. And then that totally messed my voice up. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and dude, my voice is different. Like my voice yeah. did not sound this deep before. I gotta say. Oh, you mean like permanently? Yeah. Like, like uh, my. I, I was gonna. Say, I was just gonna say. Yeah. Well, last night I had too many beers, and I. I think I was allergic, and I threw up a bunch of the beer, and now my voice today is all fucky. I think <laughs> I. I think I. Like, no. 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 I think I was <laughs> allergic to the amount of booze that I drank. No. It was. Uh, it's really strange. Dude, it made me all bloaty and weird. Anyway, so whatever. One of, <laughs> one of the things. Uh, I've heard about and kind of similar to what Taylor heard. Um, what's the, is there like group group therapy for people who uh, live with disorders, eating eating disorders? Yeah, that's actually uh, what helped me get better. Okay, my question about that is, I heard that they one of the things that they do is get you to trace or draw the outline of what you think your body looks like, and then have you stand up next to it. Is that is that like something in a movie or is that? No, no, no. I'm sure that that's like an exercise that's used by social workers or, or psychologists or whatever that, right. that run these groups or, or whoever runs them. It, um, that never uh, was an exercise that I participated in, but I did do something when I, where I like drew my, like what I thought my body was like. And then I put, like they would have you mark areas that you hated or that like, caused you a lot of stress or that you had those checking things with. Like I've done stuff like yeah. that, but I've never outlined it. But I've actually thought like how cool it would be to like, f- or not cool, but I always wondered if it would be effective to like film people with eating disorders so they could see themselves like on camera three-dimensionally, like what they look yeah. like or if they would still have the dysmorphia or like if it would be effective. Um, but yeah. Right. Did you, did you ever get into any like film work? Uh, like... No, no, no. Okay. I was going no. to say, like, I, wonder, I actually don't that... know if um, being in the arts uh, supports my recovery. Sure. Okay. Well, let's, let's come okay. back to your story. Well, I, I want to yeah. get back on track on 
yeah, we left off awesome. kind of like, all right, you're you're you're, you're doing really well. Like you're having like and you're yeah, everything is going like, really well. This is amazing. I got my I'm boyfriend. This, this amazing like having anorexic sex. paradise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So then being a babe, yeah, totally. getting high marks. So then, where does it get bad? Sounds where, awesome. When so is it? um, yeah, so those those feelings, those like highs too, like it peaks at some points and and dips and stuff. And I think that was. I mean, I think it felt pretty good for a while, um, but I think when I had those periods where I would binge because I physically had to, the amount of shame that I would carry like after that was so yeah. intense, so intense. Also, like I knew what I was doing was pretty fucked up, and I didn't understand like why other people like just looked like why they could just have normal bodies and they're not doing any of this. There's all there was like a lot of self criticism throughout that. Like it wasn't all awesome. Um, but, uh, so yeah, we're trying to figure out when it got not nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I'm, I'm really interested in this chronological tale. I'm like so bad with sequences. So so you've done, but so you're doing really well in high school and, Mm -hmm. and finish off with good marks. Yeah. uh, Looking good. Okay. I know where I'm at. Then you go into, okay. So I, I get into my dream university. I get into McGill. Um, and I go there, I go to residence and this is really common when people with eating disorders, um, leave the nest, so to speak. Um, their eating disorders often flare up. So Mm. I went from being really restrictive and feeling control. I also, um, my relationship with the person I was dating in, in high school ended. Um, and I thought they were amazing and it, it really had an impact on me. And again, my self-esteem and self-worth and thinking was all my fault. I'm a piece of shit. Um, so I went there, like, I didn't know anyone there and, um, McGill is such a great school, but I remember I walked into residence and I saw these like cool looking girls that were sitting on a bed and I kind of just like wanted to kind of join the conversation. So I just like, like leaned in, kind of like listened and they're like, they're talking about what their favorite Indian literature was Mm -hmm. like Indian translated literature, like, um, the Bhagavad Gita. (laughs) And I was like. Uh, I, I counter with the sutras. <laughs> and like I, I had considered myself as like I was like I'm I'm like smart I'm like getting you know I'm really working with, and I realized like this is a whole other ballpark like I'm yeah. still stupid as fuck. Oh no! And these people are all have their like international baccalaureates and they like travel with their parents who are like just powerful and they're they're all great people like well rounded people. Um, but it really impacted me and in my, like my feelings of self-worth. And so I went from being really restrictive and I don't know what it was, but I also had like a meal plan like one does. Um, and I just started binging and purging. Oh fuck. Like I miss meal plans so much. <laughs> you said meal plan, and I immediately I was know like, my your mouth. Oh, the, thank the, you so the much. Stir fries and the meal hall unlimited, unlimited waffles. I used to when God. I went to I went to Carlton for a year and uh, during exam time, I would go into meal hall at in the morning for breakfast, and I would bring all my books in. And I lived off campus, so I'd have to pay for uh, meal hall. And I would just that pay. one's like dessert. Sorry, I would pay Jeremy's for, eating uh, the dessert yeah, first. We're, we're by I would pay Sorry. for. I would, this is why we're talking about food now. But I would pay for the breakfast, and I would just stay in meal hall all day, and I would get to eat three meals, and I'd just be there studying the entire day. So it was like the best thing ever. It'd be like six bucks for the entire day of all you can eat. Is it really insensitive to a be talking about <laughs> meal plans and meal hall? 
and B, be stuffing ourselves full of Chinese food <laughs> in the episode that we're talking about anorexia <laughs> and bulimia. Jeremy, it's irony. It's cool. It is really funny. Man, how much do people fucking hate listening to a podcast when people are eating? <laughs> it's actually like a lot of people's pet peeves. I've heard people on podcasts. It's mine. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I hate it. And Taylor chews so goddamn fucking loud. Oh, that's literally what you hear. Yeah. You old people making that? I love old, I love old people. But, <laughs> but when they do that, like... That's like I can't. I just die inside a little. Dude, bit. my dad, my dad. <laughs> I'm dead. If, if we keep more. this in, my dad's gonna hear this and he's gonna laugh so hard because my dad, when he eats anything, but oh my god, when he eats grapes, <laughs> oh my fuck, I I have, I will snap on him. I will literally lose my shit on my dad. I and will, you can lose your shit on your. Parents. Oh, you can lose your shit on your. It's parents. like the yeah. safe place to lose your shit. <laughs> Exactly. Fucker eating grapes? Dude, I come on down on him so hard when he's eating. Because <laughs> he's kind of like Taylor. Because Taylor doesn't know how to close his goddamn mouth when he chews. And just like smacking the lips. It There's a there's a name to that. Um, it's not a phobia, but there's a name to like the... Yeah. Do you know what it is? I have it, but I don't know what I think. I think, I think you have it too? Almost yeah, everyone oh, has yeah. it. I don't, I don't really sure. mind, man. I just find like yeah, people, people are doing what they do, and they're <laughs> they're eating. Like everybody has to eat. I want to be as nice <laughs> as this guy. It's so weird that I just said that. I'd love myself so much more <laughs> if I had that perspective, like all the time. <laughs> but like, oh why let the, why let somebody else bother you uh, when they're I doing know. something that I they logic like, doesn't make sense. You know what? Also, <laughs> let's, I'm, let's, I'm gonna I'm gonna vent about this for one. Okay. Give me one more minute. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Jeremy hates this. Jeremy hates when people <laughs> fart and hate this and like hey, let me say this wait, wait, no, 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 no. let, let me, me say, say mine this. first let me say mine first oh, let me say mine fuck. first okay when he if somebody makes the sound of farting with their butt which is where it comes from and sorry if we're eating but and we're on a podcast so I don't know anyway you want to distinguish when, it from a queef it's okay yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so Jeremy if somebody Farts, Je- like it's. Jer has to leave the room because it might smell bad. I don't leave the room. I cover my fucking nose. Yeah, with but my, but you like make a turkey. It, you you you're so dramatic when you do it. Like oh my god, he's uh, like uh, you can't see uh, me right oh now. My like, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Why would you do that? And why would like, you do that? You know shirt what? up to I'm his forehead. Like <laughs> I'm not he, gonna engage. He pulls his shirt up to his forehead. Save that energy. And then and then he's like he's like oh my god. You know what? That that it's a it's an involuntary human bodily action to what our bodies need to yeah, do. Well, if I was a nurse, maybe I wouldn't give a fuck, but I'm not. <laughs> I listen, still don't love farting. But you listen, do it too. Listen, and when, so he when, engages. When you fart, when you yeah. fart, Brian, it's not we got as him, bad. Man, we got him in. But when farts come out of your ass, Taylor, it's literally the smell of. Oh my god! I think Taylor stinks too, but twenty farts. But I'm used to his like, brand, so oh. I'm okay hey. with it. I don't know how the fuck Kyle is still with you. <laughs> I'm gonna say one thing. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a good little rant. Um, <laughs> let's get back. Let's get back to why we're supposed to be here. And so talking. meal plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best and the worst. Back to the, the worst and the worst aspect of a meal plan. So. I really don't know what it was. I didn't have the support of my amazing parents. 
Um, they're really good at making me feel good about myself. Like they weren't there. I, I went to university where I knew no one. Um, and I still had that perfectionistic kind of edge about me. So I didn't party at all in Montreal. Like I studied probably for like, I go to class, I go to all my classes and then I'd study for like six or seven hours a day. And then I'd maybe like go to the gym nerd or, Oh my God, like beyond. Like if I could go back and I mean, I had some nice times with people for sure. Like there were some out, like outings, I definitely like had some fun. But another thing is, when you're anorexic, you don't drink, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't drink because there are a lot of calories in booze. Do, do they have like another vice, like uh, drugs? Like, do you know, if, like, will people fuck with like coke or? Um, I'm not sure. For me, like, I had this weird, like, I don't know if at this time, but they can be really like wanting like their bodies to be pure. Mm, right. Or the mm-hmm. idea of like pure and like clarified. Um, but for me, my like one vice, I guess, and it, oh my God, it's so sad thinking about it. I used to eat so much Splenda. And like uh, people with eating disorders eat a lot of condiments and things with no calories. It's all about oh, okay. feeling full without, um, eat, without getting any calories. So like eating like bulky veg or. Um, I'm trying to think of other things or like diet pop. I drink so much diet pop or stuff like that. So just like to feel full, to, uh, to satiate that kind of like feeling of hunger. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, my vice was like the only joy in my life was diet Pepsi. I don't know. That's so depressing. Like beyond. Mm-hmm. You sound like, you sound like, um, uh, Matt Slaney. <laughs> Our buddy with diabetes who just literally can't. Not just fill himself. <laughs> the amount of with big garbage. Max garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, is, is this where things start to? Is you, do you start to realize that? Yeah, this is to- where um, the undeniable eating disorder um, is there, and a, and a part of my like concept of self. Um, it's very apparent. It's very apparent, time. and no longer is it amping up my self-esteem it's just clouding me with shame and bringing me down because every day I'm like I'm not going to do this anymore like I'm not I just want to eat normally like I want to eat a little bit like less maybe I can do this maybe I can just like go in there like have oatmeal have a piece of fruit um and like a black coffee and like get out of there and like I I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't ever and at this time uh at McGill are you Are you still identifying as, or like, would you look, looking back, would you identify as anorexic who would purge from time to time? I don't, I'm not really sure. I've, I've been trying to think about this just prior to this episode and, and I don't even know. I think I, I was starting to transition a little more into like more on like the bulimic side, but I still, between those purges would try to restrict, which unfortunately leads to a binge. Is that common? Like, so people who experience anorexia or people who experience bulimia, is it common to sort of slip into one or the other or kind of blend into to both? Yeah, based on um, – I've read a bunch of books around this and personal stories and stuff. You guys should see my self-help section of my library. It's like fucking embarrassing but also <laughs> amazing. I was like – until I am like super comfortable in a relationship, like hide them all and then I just bring them out. <laughs> but anyways, in these are my eating disorder books, like <laughs> my like 60 eating disorder books. Um, but uh, no, a lot of people I find from those personal accounts and those in those books are, yeah, it's like a transformative thing. Like they could go from 
some people go from like binge eating disorder where they don't purge at all to like anorexia and then like bulimia. Some people do have eating disorders for 40 years. So it's always transformative. And for me, like I had periods where I was better, meaning like I would just binge a purge maybe like once a week. Um, And then, yeah, it's, it's, I think for everyone, um, it might have like better or worse periods, but for a lot of people, it's like you go from one to another or you get treatment for anorexia so you're comfortable eating and then you leave treatment and then you're like you can't deal with the anxiety alone without that support so you start binging and purging because you're trying to be on the meal plan they told you but you'll binge and purge it Mm. so it's it's just there's no like it's not black or white Mm. you know it's so it can take it can it can take so many different forms yeah and it's really fascinating. It's interesting. And it definitely definitely morphs, and I'm sure it's, it's different for everyone. Um, so that after that first year at McGill, um, I decided to spend the summer there because I had gotten an apartment with a group of girls and take some summer classes because why would I deserve any sort of fun summer break? Um, and I was living there alone. They had all gone back to like wherever they're from for the summer to come back. And it got so bad. It got so bad. And I was trying to, I was trying to like warn Mandy about this, my girlfriend, so that when she listened to this, she wasn't like freaking out. But you have to understand, like every binge and purge episode, I would, you guys are eating. I'm so sorry. No, um, I would definitely like, I would just to make sure that I got rid of everything. I would probably puke, let's say, like six times per episode. But at this point, I was having maybe like ten episodes a day. So that's like. 60, 60 purges boom. a day. Throw ups. So that, wow. um, and I started to get to feel. And obviously, bile is like coming up. Yeah. Right? And, but I used to do this like a terrible thing where I just like make sure, like, yeah, yeah, just drink a bunch of water, just like make sure like everything was out. And I hope like no one's getting ideas here because trust me, like, it's just, it's the worst thing you can do for yourself. And, um, but anyways, I just got this feeling and, I I mean, if you can trust anything, you can like trust your gut. And I was like, I like might like die this summer because when you're, when you're messing with your fluid levels like that and your electrolytes, you can have a heart attack. Um, like you can give yourself kidney damage, um, which I got, um, and, and so many things. And at that point I didn't know these um, harm reduction methods. So it's just like, like, you know, those places where people have like safe needles and stuff like that, yeah. those harm reduction places. There's like things I, I started to incorporate when I tried to like care for myself more, like trying to get these electrolyte solutions, like Pedialyte for kids yeah. and trying to like protect myself after this is years and years later. Even knowing you're going to fuck yourself up, you're like, well, I can take these precautions so that I don't fuck myself up that bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was living alone and I was just like, my self-hate was, like, high, and, and yeah, and my life was very dismal. And, it, I mean, it's taken me years and years to be able to be, like, yeah, like, I would probably, like, I would puke up to, like, 60 times a day. Like, that is That's a lot so of much puking. That's a lot of what are you, What are you feeling like, I, I, I'm just, when you say I'm puking 60 times a day and you're talking about electrolytes and your fluid's changing, I'm thinking of a, of a time in Brazil I got incredibly sick, basically for a week, and I would have... I would uh, I would go to the bathroom and have like basically water diarrhea like twenty times a day, and the conclusion after five days of that was the most severe dehydration to the to the point where I like my girlfriend was almost going to call the ambulance to take me to like a hospital three hours away in Brazil because I was basically a zombie and I couldn't do anything for myself. That was like, my whole life. Like, like it was like the worst hangover you've ever had, 
like the next day. And then like that, I kind of felt like, so when people purge, they get this weird sense of like calm. And I don't know if it's because you're, you're, you're peaking with anxiety, you're binging, you're trying to deal with it. And then you're so exhausted that it almost calms you and you can sleep. Yeah. And then you wake up in the morning and if you haven't taken protective measures, you're just like, you're dehydrated. Yeah. You're like, you're, it, yeah. I mean, because you need so much water to function, just to function in like a very minute way, just to get up, walk around and do like and very minor to, daily activities. You, you like need so much water. And um, at that point, house. I was doing some summer classes and I... I think I was still trying to go as much as I could, but I that start that stuff started slipping. And my like was it because you were afraid that if you left then people would know? No, I think I just like I was so out of it, like I don't know, I just I was just losing grip. Physically how is this manifesting? I mean, uh, visually. Like um, is is it getting to a point now where it's like, oh fuck, my hip bones are protruding like mad. Um I was pretty I was pretty thin, but because so you can never really fully rid yourself of a per, uh, binge rather. So um you do get some n- nutrition in. It's like impossible <coughs> not to. Um so I actually wasn't like super, super, super skinny. I was still like I was definitely like skinny, but I wasn't like if you see if you mm. see like people who you assume are anorexic and they look akin to like a Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, like, I wasn't at that level because I was still like, there was still, and I, I love this about myself, but there was still this part of me that was like protecting myself, like trying to eat. Like that's what those like binges were sometimes. And, but it's impossible to get all of it up, which like causes anxiety, but actually is like kind of helpful because you're getting some c- calories in. Did you ever get to that point where you looked like it was, it would be like skeleton. It would be, yeah. it would be skeleton. obvious to yeah. the, to the human. Yeah, to I, I went on this. So, so after McGill, I went to treatment that wasn't necessarily effective. And then, like later down the line, I relapsed again after the end of another relationship. That seems to be like a really big trigger for me. Um, and I went on a vacation with my family to Mexico, and they were just like. What the, what the fuck's going on with you? And they yeah. knew that I was binging and purging. They knew that I brought like electrolyte stuff with me. Right. Like they knew what was going on. And I look back at pictures and <clears throat> I remember like Max boyfriend, like I remember being like, Hey, like I had an eating, like we'd dated for so long. And then I'd be like, I have an eating disorder, like blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, I know. Like I was on your Facebook and there's like this picture of you when you're in Mexico and like, you just have like no muscle. Like you they just like, he just like, it's just like kind of an undeniable kind of look where he, yeah, you just your muscle wastes, and it's like seeing. Is that picture on Facebook right now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm not like super ashamed of it. Like, I mean, if people like really want to investigate me, I don't think I'm like that special that people are going to be like, I'm going to look at all of their no. pictures. But like, no, but I, I'm ser- I'm sitting here going, I want to see that. Like, I want to know what that looks like. Yeah, you know. Um, I should pull it up. It's such a physical. Yeah. Like, that's is that, the thing. Does it, is it fu- like? Does it fuck? You up so, like this is so, so you know we were talking again referring to past episodes but we were talking to Brandon who who is a heroin addict and he's talking about oh yeah heroin's the fucking it feels so good and it's like heaven and blah blah, blah. and 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 I couldn't help but think like dude is, is this is talking about this like is it something that could like vault you back into that world. Is is anorexia like? Is it? Yeah, yeah. As I'm saying so this, you just stuffed like your face <laughs> full oh, of meat. meat. <laughs> so many jokes available. 
Um, yeah. But is that a thing? Like, is, is it you sitting here and talking about your experience? Um, how does that, how does that affect you? How does that feel? Um, no, I, I think, hold on one second. Yeah. Chew that shit. (laughs) Wash it down. It's like really stringy beef that's hard to clear out of your mouth, and like it doesn't even get chewed. So I'm, I'm just gonna full on swallow it. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think, um, like, offering to do this podcast or kind of like thinking about it is like it's kind of a really good moment for me because I can I can reflect and I can that person feels really far away. And I, I never thought I'd be able to say that. I thought that it was something that I'd have to just live with for forever because not a lot of, I mean, people do recover for sure, but I think it's one of the deadliest psychiatric illnesses because a lot of people either like die from starvation, cardiac arrest, or their heart just stops or they'll just kill themselves because it's fucking torture. Okay. You, wow. So earlier you said, um, when you were at McGill, and you were doing these like 60 purges a day, you, you had this mental thought of like, I could die this summer. Yeah. In that thought of I could die this summer, was it, was it, oh, I'm really fucking up. I could die this summer. I better change my game. Or was it, I could die this summer and that's kind of something that I'm looking to like strive for because of where I'm at mentally. Yeah. So I've had that thought. Unfortunately, it's felt like a slow, um, purposeful suicide, but not at this point yet because it was still like in that moment. Um, I did feel like, yeah, I might die. And what kind of got me to reach out for help. So I guess I'd been struggling for like a few years at this point. Um, this is McGill time. This is McGill time. The summer after my first year, um, was like, if I die, like my fucking parents, like, yeah, yeah. And my mom is, has a chronic illness. She's like the strongest, fiercest biatch, taking such good care of me. Like she's had such a rough life. She's still here. She's still going and like killing life. And like, I don't want to do that. My dad's given me, like I've just, I could never, I could never do that. This is another reason why I would like, I know I could never take my own life. It's just like, mm-hmm. they like, I could never do that to them. And so I yeah. had this like, day where I was like, I hate myself. Like I had lightened my hair a lot. I'd lightened my hair. I'd lightened my eyebrows. Like I was like, like I was really like, I had really fair hair and I like, I know you guys can't see me, but I have like dark eyebrows and like really dark hair. And I was like, I don't look like myself. Like I don't feel like, like who is myself? Like I don't have a self anymore. I had this like personality identity, like identity crisis. And I shaved my head one night, like picked it. I remember you did that at Acadia once. Yeah. (laughs) Was it that time? Oh uh, no! It, this, okay, was this was alone was, was, was at like yeah. two in the morning. I was living on Saint Beatrice Street in Myland, in Montreal, and I remember, yeah, I, I cut it off. I like, cut it shorter. You didn't use Nair, did you? No, I heard <laughs> oh that though. God. That is like Isn't that the most not fucking ridiculous thing. That was really. Dumb. Like, uh, like, I want these chemicals as close to yeah. my brain as possible. For anyone who hasn't heard that episode yet, in past, in a past episode, Just go Brian, to yeah, go listen yeah, to it. Don't tell him Brian Nair his fucking head. Yeah, anyway, carry on. Oh, God. Um, no, like, and that, I mean, so I, I did that. I, like, cut my hair. At this point, I wasn't, like, calling my parents a lot because my mom, I can be like, hi, and she'll be like, what's wrong? I can say it as, like, bubbly as ever, and she'll be like, what's wrong? So I, like, I didn't want to make contact with her because I knew she'd know something was going on. So I called her, and I was like, um, after this, after bicking my hair and, and stuff the next day and being like, hi, and she was like, hey, what's up? I was like, I shaved my head. 
And I've all, like, my hair is actually kind of short for me now, but I always, my whole life had hair like down to my waist. And she was like, what? Like, it just didn't compute. And so in her brain, she's like, something's up. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I just like, I think it's cool. Like, I kind of like the way it looks and blah, 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 blah. And she was like, what's, like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? And I was like, I like, and I, like, a part of me was mad because my parents, my parents kind of knew, but I, and this is, anyone with an eating disorder will, like, fiercely protect that because it's, like, the best thing they think they've ever had. And so anytime they even, like, made it, like, a suggestion about it or my sister was, like, you're skinny or, like, whatever, I think once my sister told my parents that she, like, had seen vomit in the toilet, like, more than one time or something, um, they never approached me. But I think I was a little mad that they never really, like, stepped in and, and did anything. But I was, like... That wouldn't have been possible. Mm. Like, I wasn't telling anyone, too, because I thought that my parents wouldn't let me go to university. I told my high school boyfriend, like, and I, I had some rough periods. Like, if you tell my parents, I'll never talk to you again. Wow. I really want, And I know my mom told me last year, she took my boyfriend out for coffee and was like, I'm worried about, is there is anything wrong? And he said no, because I, I gave him an ultimatum. I put him in a really hard spot. But, I, I, like, I didn't know any of this, right? So I was kind of mad at my parents for not like prodding and getting this out of me. But I was like, I think I was just like, I'm sick. Like I'm worried about my life. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like I need to do something and it's not like a little thing. I need something drastic. Like I want to go to treatment. This has been happening for like a long time. I just like told, I was just like, I need help. Like I need help. My dad came on the phone um, and he's a healthcare practitioner and I told them and they're, they're upset, but they're like, okay. Like they just trust me. And they're like, if you think you need that, they're like, maybe we can just see a therapist and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I don't need therapy once a week. I need to like, I need to go somewhere. Yeah. I need to like, is not okay. Like I, and I told them, I was like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like, I feel like, I feel like I could, I could die. Um, and they took it really seriously and they were like really appreciative that I opened up to them. And I think my sister was like, I fucking told you like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> She's so like chilling. Asshole. Classic yeah. sister. Um, and so, and so we will end part one right there. A little bit of a cliffhanger. A little bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, so please, please uh, tune in next week to hear the rest of Azura's story, the rest of her experience. And, uh, man, I hope you liked part one. Also, we said off the top, Merry Christmas to everybody. If that shit isn't your bag, then happy holidays or happy whatever it is that you're celebrating this time of year, if you're celebrating anything. Uh, see you guys next week. Lots of love. Woo! And... Happy holidays.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.